Guys, good to be with you on a Friday. My name is Jerry Miller. Good afternoon to you. Thank you kindly for joining us. We're live in downtown Charlottesville from the Macklin Building on the I Love Seville Network on a show today presented by Dr. Wagner of Scott Wagner Integrated Medicine. A lot to cover on, on the show. We were off air yesterday. Um, one of the spaces in the Macklin Building um, that is under uh, my purview is um, about to be remodeled. So Dr. Benegal Page, a dentist with over 40 years of experience, is retiring. And for the last seven, maybe eight years, he has rented space from me. I inherited Dr. Page, the dentist, just a fantastic human being. When I purchased this space in the Macklin building, he was a tenant. From the uh, the previous uh, the, the 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 family I purchased the space from, and for the last seven or eight years, had a chance to get to know him. Just a fantastic human, Dr. Page, a pillar in the community, Dr. Page. But he's retiring, so we're soon, very shortly, going to remodel what is a twelve hundred. What's it? Roughly twelve hundred square feet, sure. twelve hundred square foot um, dentist office. And the game plan with the dentist office here in downtown Charlottesville is to take the uh, 1,200 square feet and to make six executive offices with an attached waiting room. I personally cover the cost of Ting Fiber Internet. I personally cover the cost of the electric, of the water, cleaning the common area. And um, we lock all the individual executive offices, have their own locks. And then there's a lock on the front door to the suite itself. So that's the project. I anticipate it's going to be a 30 to 45 day project. Time will tell. And I anticipate the project starting as early as Monday. Yesterday was the, uh, the walkthrough of kind of what's on the horizon for us. All right, so it's Friday. Um, a lot on the show. If you look at the screen, you'll see some of the headlines. If you could rotate the camera angles from a one shot to the studios, and then we'll weave you into the mix, Judah Wickhauer. Um, Jamie Turner, Jamie Turner on Real Talk. He's one of the valued viewers and listeners of this network. He shared a link from Money Magazine, and Money Magazine did a study of the best states or the states where it's um, now cheaper to build a brand new house than to buy a house. Interestingly, Virginia was on that list. The Commonwealth of Virginia. One, two, three, fourth on the list. So of all 50 states in the free union, Money Magazine ranked the 10 where it was cheaper to build than buy something existing. Virginia ranked fourth on the list. The Delta, a $96,000 savings, Judah, on average, when you build from scratch, versus buying something that's existing, 96000 Before we take a deep dive on the topic, I want to caveat that this is the Commonwealth in totality. This is not Central Virginia or the Charlottesville area. This is Virginia in totality. Still an interesting talking point for the cocktail parties this weekend for the, uh, the family get-togethers, the backyard brouhaha's. $96,000, J-Dubs, more affordable to build something than to buy something. Yet another reflection of how expensive the housing market is locally. And we talk about this on Wednesday's program, excuse me, 
Um, on Wednesday's program, 46% of, of buyers of real estate year-to-date have been cash buyers in the city of Charlottesville, 32% in Almore County. That's bananas right there. Yeah. The competition is fierce and flush. Where do no, you want to go? No doubt. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, it's, it reminds me of uh, during the height of the pandemic when it was, uh, <clears throat> it was cheaper to buy a new car than to buy a used car. Yeah. I mean, when things start inverting. Well, it's because like they didn't have the they didn't have new cars. So as a result, it made the because uh, of supply chain issues and made the used cars more expensive. But you're 100 percent right. That did happen. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying they're the same thing. I'm just saying they re- remind me of each other. Also reminds me of things like uh, the yield curve inverting. And it just seems like there's a lot of bat, you know what, crazy stuff going on these days. Post-COVID? Yeah, right now. Warrior AG, we'll get to the Princeton Review ranking. Um, The Princeton Review ranking that has UVA, the number two um, university in America from a a value standpoint. UVA gets another national award. Warrior AG sends us this link um, and then says that means housing gets more expensive locally as UVA gets more accolades and honors. We'll also talk the, um, the Richmond trend that's becoming popular these mobile bars, bars on wheels, and there's also a, um, a floating bar that's gained popularity in the city of Richmond. We'll talk about that on today's show, and we'll also talk Chesterfield County dropping the hammer on vape stores. We discussed on Wednesday that vape shops in Chesterfield County were, were experiencing headwinds, and those headwinds were associated with um, local government Basically, slapping. That's enemy fire. I think that's probably, I think you're right. That is enemy fire. Limiting the hours that they can be in operation. That's the most egregious. And some of the others are idiotic, but somewhat understandable. Like, I get not wanting them to be near schools, even though it's, even though there's no real logic behind it. But, uh, but limiting their hours, especially, I mean, it's the exact opposite. Why not limit their hours to non-school times? Well, the interesting thing is one of the owners of Richmond's largest um, vape, CBD, and hemp business, he's the guy that owns the Culture Chain. Culture, for years, had a shop here in Charlottesville on the UVA corner. They sold glass. He's got a string of these locations, including some in Chesterfield County. He spoke Wednesday evening before the Board of Supervisors in Chesterfield made this decision. And he said, we're the folks that you actually want selling this product because we're the ones that have the strict regulation and we vet what we sell because it's our ASS on the line here. This yeah. is our entire business. The ones that are selling counterfeit or, or the they... ones that don't have the certificates of authenticity or the ones that are selling to minors are often the convenience stores <clears throat> that are doing it and not the vape shops. If you're just tuning into the program, Chesterfield County has limited what vape shops can do. They are now limited from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. hours of operation. They cannot be within 2,000 linear square feet of schools 
and they cannot open within 2,000 linear square feet of another vape shop. And even, even maybe even more egregious than that, Chesterfield County government now gets to approve whether vape shops can open in the future. The folks that are already open now in Chesterfield County get grandfathered claused in. Yeah. So they have a huge market advantage there. They're also grandfathered into how close they are to schools and other businesses. And competition. I don't, I don't think the time, though. Yeah, I don't think the hours will get... Not the, the hours are not grandfathered clausd in. Yeah. But the government in Chesterfield County can now approve or disapprove whether vape shops open or not. Did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Chesterfield County is not that far from, from Charlottesville. Yeah. Okay? Chesterfield County's Board of Supervisors now can determine whether or not a, a, a private business owner can open up a vape shop in their county. And then they restrict them to, cert, to certain zoning districts. New stores, mm. if approved, are limited to commercial zoning districts C3, C4, and C5. And they need to get special permission from the Board of Supervisors to operate by requesting and receiving a conditional use permit. Future stores that want to have on-site consumption lounges, like, you know, you could go to a cigar lounge and smoke the cigar. You want to do that vape in Chesterfield County? That's C5 zoning. That's another kind of special permit. We said we were not surprised that all these vape shops were popping up around Chesterfield County, around Charlottesville, around Albemarle County, because they're the retail business model that need one team member to operate. It's not labor intensive. It's selling products that don't spoil. They don't go bad. So from an overhead standpoint, you need a pretty good location so your customers can get there, and you need one employee to run the business, and that's it. That's why they're popping up. These vape shops are taking advantage of retail locations that were featured, featuring businesses that were otherwise labor-intensive or cost-of-goods heavy, and they failed. So now the vape shops are coming in and picking them up. I was reading this morning, the Bed Bath & Beyond stores, yeah. they're all starting to close, okay? The one locally is going to close soon. The prediction, the macro prediction of what the Bed Bath & Beyond stores is going to turn into... Walgreens and CVS, they're getting into the doctor's office business to vertically integrate with their pharmacies. They expect a lot of doctor's offices owned by Walgreens and CVS in these Bed Bath & Beyonds. Another, another, another trend to follow that with the Bed Bath & Beyonds, this 30,000 square feet is much more well taken care of than the square feet left by Sears and Kmart. Sears and Kmart, they did a very poor job of taking care of the real estate that they were in. So that's why you see a lot of Sears and Kmarts as shells or still like hanging around lingering empty as ghost towns, Sears and Kmarts. The expectation with Bed Bath & Beyond by experts and insiders is very different. Bed Bath & Beyond took care of these locations. You look at the one at Barracks Road, it's been taken care of. Very different than what Kmart looked like at the end over across from Stonefield or what Sears looked like at the end at Fashion Square Mall. The Bed Bath & Beyond and Barracks Road is taken care of. So the expectation is new businesses with the Bed Bath & Beyond empty shells will be able to go in right away and to get business going. 
whatever's going to replace this Bed Bath & Beyonds are going to be able to come in let's say, with a much shorter um, empty cycle with the Bed Bath & Beyonds because they've taken care of the units better. Barracks is pristine. I don't know. You, you've, you haven't been there. Have you ever been to that location? No, but they're still open, right? Still open. I mean, isn't that it's a pristine. little bit different than like... Sears and Kmart, when they were closing, they stopped taking care of the building. They stopped. You looked at... Do you guys remember the Kmart when Little Caesars was operating out of there? The, the, the months before it was closing? You went into this location and it gave you the feel that the store not only had been like raided, but like it just gave you the creeps. They did not structurally take care of the building. Hmm. Bed, Bath & Beyond, very different. Time's going to tell. Time's going to tell. But the, the, the local government getting into private business, that gives me the willies. Yeah. I wonder, uh, wonder, how, many, wonder how many vape shops are going to open just outside the county borders. <clears throat> they could be sending a lot of business to their neighbors. Walk me through that. You're saying that their market advantage is opening right outside Chesterfield County and selling vape? Yeah. Well, they got enough in the county already, apparently, that they have to do policy and legislation to limit them. Unless somebody's looking for that stuff after 8 o'clock at night. Fair, fair point. Fair point right there. The 8 o'clock time limit is... A lot of life happens after 8 p.m. I mean, it, it's just, I, I, I can't even understand the thinking behind the, the limiting of the hours. It just comes across as draconian and uh, overly, um, just... Heavy-handed. Yeah. Like, it smacks of, like, we, we're doing this because we can. There you go. Well said. Well said. I agree 100%. Vanessa Parkhill, what's up? And welcome to the program. <sighs> like Deep Throat's not a huge fan of the uh, build versus buy um, money magazine um, cheaper to build than to buy analysis. He says no adjustment to mix of sales to match it to like for like. He also says the build cost seems awfully low. I was taken aback by it. Especially since with what we're doing with the advertising agency, we, we represent some folks in the building space, and it ain't cheap to build something these days. Maybe more of a reflection of how cost, how expensive, uh, how expensive the, um, the uh, existing is. And we talked on Wednesday how such a large percentage of buyers are utilizing cash. I had a couple of loan officers reach out to me, and they said, yes, they're using cash, and make sure we're, we're rotating the right lower thirds. I had a couple loan officers reach out to me, and they said, yes, they're buying these houses with cash, but very soon thereafter, they're, they're coming to us, and they're taking a financing vehicle, and they're getting that money back. They're just using the cash in Charlottesville and Almar County to win the deal, and then they jump back into a loan. And they get that money. You still have to be in a position to do that, to do that. That's for, for sure. You still have to have, you still have a huge market edge having the cash to win the deal. But what the LOs were telling me was they're getting into financing vehicles. Yeah. It's only the, the, 
the, the true one percenters that are buying this with lump sum money, and even folks of that ilk are utilizing financing vehicles. So that was a clarification that uh, uh, two, two or three LOs wanted me to get on the record on this particular talk show today. Um, and that's on the stat we talked about yesterday, or on Wednesday, the percentage of cash buyers in Charlottesville, now Morrow County. What do you make of uh, the national ranking from the Princeton Review? Number two best public value, best value public university, Princeton Review, University of Virginia. Yet another national ranking, yet more prestige and pedigree for UVA. Should we tell them to stop writing about us? I mean, has it gotten to the point where we're like, stop ranking us nationally? I mean, we used to love it, didn't we? I mean, I'm using we in the uh, royal Royal sense. we. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, Princeton Review, UVA, number two in the national rankings, would be 6 p.m., NBC 29, Daily Progress, lead of all the media. Now we're like, please, dear God, stop doing this. Fame is a dangerous thing. Continues to get more competitive to get into this school as the national awards roll in. People seeing the very prestigious Princeton Review, seeing that UVA is number two nationally best public university, best value. I care less about the effect on UVA than I do about the effect on the city. Of course. Of course. Because UVA will always take care of UVA. A hundred percent. But when you started getting national accolades like this, it's just going to make the student body even more competitive. It's just going to get even more like talented students coming here. And those talented students are the ones that are going to be graduating and matriculating with the highest earning potential. And like we say all the time, a small percentage of those that matriculate and graduate every year are going to find their, ways, find their way back here. And they're going to find their way back here because they had a great time four years of college. It's all, all, all tied together. The news, UVA, public university, number two best value, Princeton Review. How you unpack it at the cocktail party this weekend, it's going to get smarter kids coming to UVA. Those smarter kids graduate with higher earning potential, and a percentage of those graduating wealthy kids are going to eventually be moving back here with their families, driving up cost of living. Am I reading it wrong? More or less it. There it is. There it is. And what's the soap opera as the world turns for Charlottesville? It's as UVA turns. That's Charlottesville. As UVA turns. Not the world turns. As UVA turns. And you know how we love to incubate business ideas on this show? I love to do it. You certainly hear me do it. I don't know if you like listening to it, but I've heard a lot of it. Tell me why there's no bar on wheels in Charlottesville. Richmond, Virginia has got a new concept that is literally hitting the streets. I think you got pictures. A private business owner purchased a fire truck, a fire truck that was retired by a local fire department. And then he took the fire department, he took the fire truck, and he invested a little bit of money into it, and he legitimately has turned it into a bar on wheels. Show the side photo with the TVs and the beer taps if you could. Give me a thumbs up when that's on screen. I'll get there. You can rent this bar on wheels for $250. It's got four beer taps. It's got a wine cooler. Look at the screen now. It's got 60-inch TVs, two of them. 
It's got a, a sweet sound system. It's got on the top of the fire truck, he's turned it into like a, a, a rooftop standing bar. 250 bucks. You and your homies can ride this fire truck and drink and party around Richmond. I think it's fantastic. Should, do you have the backyard photo of it being used at a party? Look at it there at the party. This is at the back of somebody's house. Backyard party. You know what else Richmond's got going on? Richmond has got a bar on a boat. Explain to me why an entrepreneur has not figured out how to somehow monetize uh, a floating alcoholic consumption point of sale on the Rivanna River. Especially in the summer. Obviously in the summer. Explain to me why that hasn't happened. The bar on wheels is a no-brainer. Someone creates a bar on wheels like a hop-on tour and is able to drive people from vineyards and breweries on, like in a fire truck or something cool like this, this would rent all day, every day, 250 bucks an hour. The one on the water concept, that's a little bit harder. The water concept's a little bit harder because the Rivanna River sometimes is really low. Yeah. But someone's got to monetize the Rivanna River differently than it's being monetized right now. What's the extent of the monetization? Floating? And I'm not knocking the floating. But there's so much potential there. Someone locally do the bar on wheels. And then someone locally get crafty and clever with the Rivanna River. Please. Here's the police officer. Any tickets over there? No. Stop raining. Now she's doing the uh, rounds. During the, uh, yeah. the rain, she didn't want to do the rounds. I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been out in that. You're saying you, you wouldn't have, that, I mean, that's kind of like a DL secret. I'm hesitant to even say this. When it's raining good, they don't ticket downtown. Yeah, makes sense. Because she doesn't get out of her car. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she goes and checks out the new uh, donut place on the bottom of Pantos. Oh, Judah. Come on. What, stereotypes? Stereotypes. That's unlike you. Stereotypes, Judah. They're there for a reason. Oh, don't you think the bar on wheels would crush? This is a drinking town. I think it'd be. I think it would have its place. Uh, probably more. Probably more likely to see it in uh, <clears throat> in uh, high cost neighborhoods like Keswick and. And some other spots like that. No, no, no. I think the bar on wheels is well suited for Charlottesville City as people bar hop or brewery hop from brewery to brewery. I think the bar on wheels would Why? work or would work well on one fifty one as you've people already, brewery you've hop. Already got, you've already got. Uh, you've already got. You've already got the. Uh, the hop-on tours, why do you need the exact same thing? It's a different dynamic. It's a different kind of fun. What? When I did my bachelor party in Nashville, we did one of those um, pedal bars. I think we did. It's kind of a blur. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I, I, I think we did. <laughs> not surprised. I, I, I think we did. Did we do one of the pedal bars? Is Curtis watching? 
But did so we do a pedal bar? A, did we do a, that? Why do you need a bar to take you around to other bars? Because it's fun, Judah. But you can't watch the TVs while you're driving. Why do you need a bar to take you to other bars? Because it's fun. You, I, I'm, I've already asked. F you've U already N. got the. You've already got fun. the hop on tours. They're basically doing that, right? When they they're on the hop on tours, you know they're enjoying libations in between. What, when you what, get the limo, point? when 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 you take a Cameron limousine from on a vineyard tour. You're enjoying libations while in the limousine in between vineyard stops. What's your point? My point is this is, oh, Curtis is watching. Did we go to, did we do one of those pedal bikes, pedal bars in Nashville? Curtis? Somebody's got to have pictures. Did we do, I know. One of the rules was no photos. Oh, okay. Well, one of the rules was no photos. Did we do one of the pedal, bar, pedal bikes? I forget. That idea would do well here. Oh, and I was actually thinking about you, Curtis, with, with this here. Oh, we wanted to, but they were all booked up. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And Philip Dow says, don't forget the James River Bateau evening cruises uh, with beer and wine in Scottsville. Oh, yeah. thank you, Philip Dow, on that as well. Um, the Racklet Man is for sale. I was thinking about you on this one for Curtis. This one's a legitimate opportunity. Um, he's got a good product. Those, I had the uh, the main uh, the main offering, and it was amazing. You had it, yeah. One hundred twenty thousand. It's a trailer. Here, let me see. The guy in twenty twenty one, one hundred fifty thousand dollars in total income, seventy five in net. He's got three hundred k on the books over the next year, and he's looking to wind down and retire. He spent a, a career in restaurants and a. Then a second part of a career working for Wegmans. Then did the then did this endeavor. 120k for this custom trailer that's built from scratch to create heady sandwiches. And he's got three hundred thousand dollars in business on the books over the next year. I mean, this is a fantastic opportunity. There's fantastic opportunities that are popping up in business locally because folks are burnt out, retired. Looking to do different things. This is a great opportunity. Are you putting the photos on? I'm about to. Look at you. Enterprising. Two people. 300 grand and gross on the books right here. And the business can be run by two people. Yeah. There is one person the taking the orders and one person working the grill. 300 plus K in bookings on the books for the next year. I've had him at King Family. It was good. And I first met him, at, I first got touched by the brand at Winter Wonder. Yeah, this is, it's just a, it's just a great mix of flavors. That's the sandwich you had? Yeah. It's, uh, it's basically a hoagie with a split uh, split sausage and uh, and uh, roasted peppers and onions topped with cheese and it's amazing $120,000 asking price for this business so this is I mean it's just and a seller that realistically understands too. how to sell a business which is kind of a breath of fresh air in today's market and 
Carly says, you make good points, Judah. Carly Wagner saying that the vineyards and breweries want you to come to them to drink. So they'll feel competition by the mobile bar. And I don't know why you would go to another bar or winery when you're driving around in a bar or winery. Because it's fun. But what's the... So are you still... I have don't not, understand what you're saying here. You still haven't explained why you would do that instead of using instead of using the hop-on tours it's an alternative method of transportation to and from bars breweries or vineyards but you do know that there's not a whole lot of room for people to sit in a fire truck right it doesn't have the fire truck was (laughs) (laughs) the fire truck was just an example but seriously my whole concept is a mobile bar in charlottesville would do great like a pedal bar, the, it's fun. If you, you sit if in a you've cha- got somewhere to pedal to. You sit in a chair and you pedal it. Or okay, take the hopping around breweries and wineries out of it. What if someone just did like a mobile bar and transported folks around cool things around locally? You could do two or three cool sites in Charlottesville. You can take them downtown. You can take them to all the crazy stuff that's happening around here. So, like, you're talking about a, a, a drinking historical tour around Charlottesville. I'm talking about, God, I don't understand why I'm having such a difficult time explaining having fun. This is called having fun. But you're hanging out with your friends, drinking cold beverages. Except you want to do that while riding around the city. I just don't see Charlottesville as a city where you're, like, riding around going, like, Hey, there's another cool thing to look at. Okay, then why can it work? Why can it work in Richmond? Why can it work in Nashville and not Charlottesville? Because they have interesting things to look at. You're saying Charlottesville doesn't have any interesting things to look at? Exactly. That's ridiculous. It's got nice trees and that stuff. Is, did you know you, that there's a a walking food tour in Charlottesville? Okay. Did you know that? What's your point? But no, but did you know that? No. Did you know a business owner, one individual, I think his name is Rob Jarnick, Yarnick, legitimately has created a walking food tour where people pay him money. And he walks them to three or four hand-picked restaurants and suggests things for them to order. And he's built a business out of a walking food tour. More power to him. It's genius. Give me money. I don't need a store. All I need is a website. Meet me at this location outside, and I will lead you to three or four restaurants where you will eat tasty food. That's the business. If a walking food tour can make it, why can't a mobile bar make it? I never said it couldn't, but... uh, Curtis is watching the program. He says... It's all of the above, see, see Shaver. Is it a bar that you ride on or is it a bar that you rent for events like a food truck? All the above. And, and, I, and, and I'm bringing up the fire truck not as the example for Charlottesville. I'm bringing up the fire truck as an example of a mobile bar could work here. Vanessa Parkhill from Earliesville says, mobile bar, yes. Adult birthday parties could rent this, right? Bring the bar to the party instead of taking the party to the bar. Perfect. Right. What, dude, ladies' night, girls, eight, 12 girls get together and pedal a mobile bar around town 
as folks holler and they wave to them. It would be fun. A mobile bar. What's a mobile bar cost to buy? I have, literally have no idea. A hundred grand? How much is a mobile bar? A mobile pedal bar. Mobile pedal bar cost. Google's an amazing thing. It's definitely not going to be a hundred grand. I'm literally looking at Alibaba. Said, can I have, could <laughs> I trust buying something from Alibaba? I don't think I could trust buying. Is that, can I say that? Should I be able to buy something for Alibaba or no? What do you mean, should you be able to buy something? Would you buy something from Alibaba now? I would not buy something from Alibaba, would you? I mean, Alibaba's had got them listed for 22K. 22 Gs for a mobile pedal bar. Told you it wouldn't be 100,000. Okay. 22K. It's got one of them for 15 passengers. It's $12,000. 12 grand? I mean, 12 grand is not that much money to start a business. Obviously, one of the biggest costs for the mobile pedal bar is going to be the insurance. I would imagine the insurance is extremely expensive. Especially in Charlottesville. Why? Especially Charlottesville. Because... Of all the terrible drivers. Oh, that was a joke. That was a zing on Charlottesville drivers. Maybe a joke. Maybe not so much a joke. With every joke, there's a kernel of truth. Yeah. I mean, 20, 20 grand all in, and you get a mobile bar? I know. That is one of the Aikaramba Curtis's uh, challenges here, pedaling this thing up the hills. And if you remember, viewers and listeners, do you guys remember when, uh, what oh, was the man. thing called? Um, that oh. would be rough. Curtis, you're going to have to help me with this phrase here. What's it? It's a method of transportation seen in Asian countries where you have a guy pedaling and there's folks sitting in the back. What is it called? Like a tuk-tuk? No. No. What's it called? But you don't know what it's called. So no, I would know wrong. the word if it, if it came up. Oh, okay. Pedicabs? Yeah, Charlottesville had pedicabs. But it was, what is, the, what is the, the Asian term for this? Where it's like a driver and folks sitting in the back and they pedal? Charlottesville had this. What was this called? They had this business for a while. It was while I was in college. And the drivers of these things on Friday and Saturday nights, Rickshaw, Juan Sarmiento, yes. Juan Sarmiento. Thank you, Juan Sarmiento. It's very, very ironic that the king of transportation came up with the term rickshaw. Juan Sarmiento, you are the man. The rickshaw, there was a rickshaw business like, in Charlottesville. Those are more like bikes than vehicles. And that's what I said. I, was, I said it was a guy pedaling with people sitting in the back. Okay, yeah. Rickshaw. You wanna, should we put up an image of a rickshaw for the viewers and listeners? Uh, let's see. Charles, here's my point. Charlottesville had a rickshaw business. And it was on Thursday and Friday and Saturday nights. And it took people between the corner, West Main, and the downtown mall. And dude, these guys that were peddling the, the rickshaws with one, two, or three people in the back, they had calves the size of, like, the columns of Monticello. To be able to get with, three, with two or three people in the back of a rickshaw and you're pedaling them. And I don't think these rickshaws have speeds. Aren't they one-speed bikes, Curtis? To be able to get these rickshaws from the UVA corner to the downtown mall, they were dying. Sweating like an unsavory lady in church, these rickshaw drivers. Are you showing the rickshaw on screen? I'm getting a picture. 
wouldn't it be easier to pedal the mobile bar with 15, like a girl's day, 15 girls or 12 girls pedaling the mobile bar versus the rickshaw peddler, one peddler versus 15? Isn't the mobile bar easier to navigate around town because you have more people doing the pedaling? Is that proper thinking or is that not proper thinking? I genuinely have that question. Is the uh, mobile bar easier to get around a hilly environment because more people, I understand it's heavier than the rickshaw, but more people are pedaling. You have more hamsters as opposed to just one hamster. I've got to imagine the mobile bar is easier to pedal. If you did a mobile bar just down West Main Street, you, this would be the path of the mobile bar. You meet at the UVA corner, you go down West Main Street, around the downtown mall where you're going Water Street around the downtown mall into Belbot, back up Market Street, Market Street up Preston, back to the UVA corner. That could be your loop. Oh, you got a rickshaw on screen. That guy's legs are the girth of oak trees. Nah. Yes. His legs are wider than your torso. The designated driver would be, I see, I don't see the mobile bar being rented without a dry, an employee of the business being a part of the business. Well, of course not. The well, Vanessa's asking, does the mobile bar require you, require you to have a designated driver? I think that there's always a driver, there's always an employee of the business tied to the mobile bar. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm looking on screen here, doing some basic research. A lot of these mobile bars are also supplemented by engines, small engines. That makes sense. That complement the pedaling. So even a little bit of giddy up from a small engine tied to the mobile bar is going to help when 12 people are pedaling. There you go. Look at that on screen. You're telling me, is that on screen? Can you put that on screen? The pedal pub, is that on screen right now? What are you looking at? Okay, is it still on screen? Why well, have a 10-second delay? Yeah, it's on okay. screen. Look at the screen. That would kill it in Charlottesville. Yeah. That would run someone 25 grand, I bet you. But again, I mean... Dude! I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong. Such Stop. a poo-pooer. What are you... I, I can't even talk without you freaking out. You can talk. I'm sorry. Just My emotionals. only question is, where... I mean, are you just going to ride up and down West Main Street? I just gave you the loop. Meet, want, meet on the, you can meet at the UVA corner. You could ride the, the mobile bar, the pedal pub, down West Main Street. You can take the pedal pub past where the Greyhound station was. You could go down Water Street. The mobile bar can stop at the local breweries. It can stop at Three Notch. It could stop at South Street. It can go to Decipher. It could go to the Wool Factory. There's a little beer crawl area around here. Hell, Devil's Backbone's opening up on West Main Street eventually. Ain't nobody going to be pedaling that thing at the end of the day. <laughs> That's why it's got a motor, right? A lot of the mobile bars come equipped with a small engine to I help would complement the I would not rely on a bunch of drunk people at the end of a, a long day of, of carting around uh, frat bros and uh, sorority sisses. I, I would do it. You'd be the driver? No, no, no. I wouldn't be the driver. <laughs> right. I would be You'd enjoying it. You'd be the guy it. having fun. Scott Aaronworth, you could give a food tour of Charlottesville, undoubtedly. 
undoubtedly. No doubt. All right. That's today's show. What'd you learn this week? Anything you learned this week that you care to relay to the viewers and listeners? And we got to get to the Yiddish word of the day here. Um, Deep Throat's oh, watching yeah. now. Warrior AG wants me to highlight that his children continue to be late every morning to school for four straight months. My kids are late every morning. Now it's starting in the evening trip home. Also, the driver shortage will get a lot worse this year and will continue in a downward spiral until Albemarle County makes changes to its leadership and management within the transportation department. Good God. Can you imagine the parents and the kids still late to and from school? Rickshaw, Dylan's rule, thank you. He says, imagine that bar on wheels rolling into Belmont at 8 p.m. on Friday or Saturday night. Imagine that mobile bar going into Mas Tapas at like 10 o'clock on a Friday night for some tomatoes, asados, and some bacon-wrapped dates and some sangria. That would be the life. What would you learn this week? Anything? Hopefully something. Eh, probably. I couldn't tell you what it was. <laughs> Anything you want to highlight? Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a, uh, what was it? Uh, there's a cool uh, website called Seville Sock Love. Sock Love? Yeah. I'm going um, to. What's the website? I can't remember who I saw was. Seville Sock Love? I can't remember who I saw was giving to them. But uh, I'm on it. Okay. They're established to provide fun, uplifting socks to hospitalized children. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. And I, like I said, I can't remember who, but somebody was doing a, uh, some type of a drive for them, uh, which is what first led me to the website. But I thought that was really cool. Uh, uh, it's, it's nice to know there are people out there that are, you know, doing things for others, doing things to, uh, help, especially, you know, kids in hospitals. And this just seems like uh, something that's worth supporting. SeavilleSockLove.org. Nicely done, Judah. Founded by Lindsay Simpson, a Monticello High School graduate who's at, who's at UNC Chapel Hill, and Lily Simpson, her sister, who's a senior in high school. They give socks to children in hospitals. I love it. How about the Yiddish word of the day? Uh, let's see. And you're keeping track for our vocabulary lesson, right? Because we have a quiz planned for the viewers and listeners for May for next week. A Yiddish word quiz. A quiz? Quiz. Uh, how do we want... Uh, do we want racy or... Uh, so far, every single Yiddish word you've chosen to highlight on this program has been an uh, indirect zing at yours truly over here. What? <laughs> just that is not true. <laughs> Most of them. <laughs> I'm looking at them. I'm like, okay, yeah. Let's... let's go through the list and just tell us what the English words are. Don't tell us the Yiddish words. Just tell us the English words of what all the, the Yiddish word means in English. Go. What's the list? Uh, there's Dick. <laughs> there's uh, Little Girl. 
there's, I mean, I don't have, I don't have. Just the, read them off. I don't have the. I'm, I'm making You're supposed them up to keep for the log. I know, but I've only got the. Uh, I've only got the. Uh, the explanations for the, the most recent ones. So then there's. Uh, uh, let's see. What, what was the a fool? I guess uh, idiot. Uh, I'm not even sure what this one means. Uh, oh, oh yeah, I don't remember. Um, pins and needles waiting. Uh, okay, now here we here we got the ones that I've got the actual uh, descriptions of uh, donkey or jackass. The next one is well, excuse me. Then we've got pesky nagger. Oh, followed by crazy. Followed by, I think the last one we did was a nobody or simpleton. There we go. The Yiddish word of the day. What's today's word? Um, let's see. What's a good one? Uh, see you, Juan. What's today's word? Okay. Supposed to have it ready to go. Plots. What is it? Plots. Plots? Yeah. How do you spell it? P-L-O-T-Z. P-L-O-T-Z. Plots. Yeah. What's a plots mean? Uh, Moron? No. It means uh, crack, collapse, or explode in either a literal or a more metaphorical sense. Okay. Uh, so, like, I think it's... It, it, uh, it's all about excitement. The example I'm seeing is, OMG, have you heard of that new brand? I love their clothing so much, I almost plotsed. <laughs> plots. Deep Throat says a tuk-tuk is a motorized rickshaw. Yeah. And then I don't know why he sent me this. Uh... He says, remember, Deep Throat is a Yiddish expert. He says... Are the young, are the, are, is High Voice listening to this? Because I don't want to utilize this profanity if High Voice is watching right now, Deep Throat. He says this is probably the best translation for English. Trans, what? For, for the word, for plots you just used. Oh yeah, and what is it? Poop a brick. <laughs> that's the best, that's the best. Remember, he was raised by two Yiddish-speaking grandparents. Nice. Um... All right, and he also says a tuk-tuk is a motorized rickshaw. Yeah, I know. That's why I said it. Yeah, but the rickshaws that were being used on the corner to transport children include children, students, <laughs> one and the same, Freudian slip, including yours truly, were not tuk-tuks. They were actually pedaled rickshaws. Yeah. And dude. Although, although the original rick actual rickshaws didn't have bikes. It was just a, it was just a seat two wheels and like a couple of uh, couple handles that's nuts yeah that Would sounds you? dangerous <laughs> like you could get squashed <clears throat> you mean if you're the one pulling yeah I there's mean, a I, there's a metaphor for life somewhere in that visual no doubt is there not possibly possibly all right, Friday edition of the talk show. Judah Wickhauer, Jerry Miller. It's the I Love Siebel Show presented by Scott Wagner of Scott Wagner Integrated Medicine. We hope you enjoy the show as much as we enjoy 
hosting and delivering the show for you. We are back in the saddle on Monday, guys. Keep the money local. Keep the money local. Keep the money local. It's fragile. It's fragile out there. We'll see you on Monday. Take care.